Entitled mother thinks her kid's teacher is jealous of her because boy said she looked hot and sent her to the office. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. Long story, but here's our cast. Entitled mother, secretary, and me. I'm the principal of the only Catholic high school in a small town. As is the case with most Catholic high schools, mine has a uniform for students. Once a month, usually the last Friday, we allow students to wear their own clothes. However, there is a dress code in place for those days that applies to all students. I.e. no tank tops, low neck tops, sleeveless tops, and things like that. I'm not here to get into a debate about it, that's just the way it is. So one recent Friday, a young girl was sent to the office by her female teacher because of her top, which would be best described as a deep scoop neck t-shirt. The girl is 15 and well developed. The secretary referred her to me, and I glanced at her and quietly asked her if she could put on a sweater or something. She agreed and that was that. Or so I thought. The following Monday morning, a little after 9am, I heard a commotion in the office outside my door. This isn't unusual as the office is pretty busy and many staff, students, visitors, and parents are in and out all day and can get a little loud when they chat. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on until I heard my secretary say, Well, I'll have to check with Mr. Original Poster and see if he's available. She is a U-shaped desk, so it takes a moment or two to get around it to approach my door. Before she could get around the desk, Entitled Mother rushed past her into my office. I want her down here so I can talk to all three of you, she yelled back at the secretary. Excuse me, what? She cut me off. I need to talk with you right now about what happened with my daughter. Now, bear in mind at this point, I didn't know A, who she was, B, who her daughter was, or C, what she was talking about. I'm sorry, Mr. Original Poster. She came in before I could stop her. Get that teacher right now. I want all three of you here. Excuse me, I'm in the middle of something right now. I need to talk to you right now. You can't be in here. I'm not happy about what happened. And I'm not able to see you right now. I'm in the middle of preparing for a staff meeting. This is more important than that. I left you a message Friday and you didn't return my call. You're completely unprofessional. The message had never been given to me as we had a supply secretary answering phones in the office that Friday morning. She'd written the message down on paper instead of connecting the parent to my voicemail, then forgot to give it to me. That said, I still didn't know who she was or what she was talking about. Aside from being disoriented, I was now growing annoyed. I didn't pass the message on to Mr. Original Poster. We were very busy on Friday. I don't care. I want to talk to you right now. And you don't have an appointment. If you want to make an appointment, go back out and make one. You can't just barge into my office and demand to see me. I didn't. You're standing right there. I tried to call Friday and you ignored me. I did not get your message. I'm sorry, but I'm busy now and I don't have time to meet with you. You'll have to make an appointment. I'm an upset parent and it's your job to talk to me. I have rights. I pay your salary. Are you going to talk to me? No, I'm busy and you don't have an appointment. If you want to meet with me, you'll have to make an appointment. I can't believe this. This is more important than your stupid meeting. I'm upset and I need to discuss this with you and that teacher. Like I was going to drag that teacher out of a class. Nope. No, I'm not available. You can make an appointment for later today or tomorrow. I'm not available later. It has to be now. I'm not available now. Make an appointment. Ugh. She walked out and left the building. 
The next day, I got a call from my superintendent, who's a good buddy of mine. According to her, she politely asked the secretary to see me. The secretary invited her in. I grew hostile and abusive. She felt threatened and left in fear. She also complained that I had looked at her daughter in a way that made her feel uncomfortable. She also said she didn't see what was wrong with the top and mentioned that her daughter is a model, as if that mattered. She said some boys had told her daughter that she looked hot, which the teacher overheard and only sent her to the office because she was jealous. She said she and her daughter were fine with the boys leering at the daughter, and that I and the teachers have no business checking the students out and saying anything about their clothes. No way I'm the jerk here, right? This is just your typical entitled mother. My guess is that's how she got by when she was her daughter's age, so she thinks it's perfectly fine for her. At the end of the day, the rules are the rules, and you're going to have to kind of expect that pushback when you're going to a Catholic school. They're not going to tolerate that kind of thing. I think it's safe to say that most public schools would not allow that. A Catholic school? Heck no. I get you're proud of your appearance or whatever you want to call it, but there's a time and a place for that. The classroom is not one of those places. Everybody close to me keeps telling me that I should take back my cheating wife. I met my wife 10 years ago. We both were in college, dated for three years, and married for seven. She's beautiful and amazing, and everyone in my family loves her. Four months ago, I found out my wife was having an affair with a mutual friend of ours. It was a one and a half month affair. She was acting very shady at that time. She would ignore my messages, turn me down every time I tried to initiate sex. I thought something was wrong. I did some snooping, but found nothing. Eventually, I hired a PI. Within one week, I got proof. She was having an affair with our mutual friend. I immediately confronted her. She confessed to the affair, immediately started crying, begging, basically all classic cheater moves when they're caught. I asked her for all the details with detailed timeline. That night, she gave me basically everything. She was using another phone for having the affair. She told me she had sex with him only four times, and the rest of the time they were just hanging out and having fun. Three days later, more crying and talking crap about herself, she told me she had deleted all contact with him and she would do whatever it took to make our marriage work. She suggested marriage counseling. I denied and told her to leave me alone. I was hurt, betrayed, and humiliated. She moved out to her parents' place. She started texting me every hour how much she loves me and how she regrets this, and how she'll do anything to save our marriage. After completely ignoring her for two days, I texted her that we're getting a divorce. She freaked out and started having an emotional breakdown. My phone started blowing up with her parents, sister, friends, telling me not to end the marriage, and at least to give her another chance. Later that day, she made a long Facebook post explaining how she screwed up and how she's destroying her marriage, basically admitting her affair publicly. But I was rock solid on my decision. She even insisted to have a lie detector test to clear any remaining doubts that I had. I asked her for some time alone to process all this. We've been living separate since. This was all four months ago. Last week, I asked her for a divorce, and she started crying and begging for another chance. After that, she visited my parents and asked them to convince me not to divorce her. Last night, my parents and her parents tried to convince me to work things out. And after she made her Facebook post, almost all of our mutual friends were telling me how brave she was to admit to her affair, and that she must love me and I should at least give her a chance. I'm on the edge of having a breakdown. She 
she's truly remorseful and regrets this, I can assure you. I do love her, and her cheating on me hurts the most. I don't know what to do. Anyone else who has reconciled, how are things going for you? It's a really tough spot to be in. She really does sound remorseful for her actions, and I'm sure she is very sorry, and honestly does mean that she won't ever do it again. Unfortunately, that's not really the problem here. The problem is, a level of trust has been broken that you can't easily get back. As much as our original poster may want to believe his wife that this is never going to happen again, it's always going to be there in the back of his mind, and that's something that he has to live with. He'll be the one suffering throughout the rest of the relationship, not her. On the other side of the coin though, what are you supposed to do when you've made a mistake and you really are sorry and would do anything to make it better? Sometimes there's nothing you can do, and that can be the hardest thing to accept. Kevin assumes every woman in construction is a receptionist. Hint, we're not. This happened about 20 years ago. Equal opportunity was becoming a thing in the workplace, but in construction, things have a habit of not quite keeping pace. I've been working for a manufacturing company in construction for several years. As the only woman in the sales area, I was given the task of manning the phones as well as operating in support. Men generally would accept me putting them on hold for someone else in technical, while the guys tended to have to work harder to put them on hold. It was just one of those things. But it was logical. One day, a call came in. Good morning. How can we help you today? Uh, yes. I'd like to speak to one of the guys, please. I have a question. Oh, that's no problem. If you let me know what you need, I'd be happy to help you out. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm happy to wait for one of the guys. Unfortunately, all the guys are busy on other calls, but I can help you now. I work in the sales section here as well. I'm looking at my coworker now who has turned to look at me. He knows that voice. That's fine. I'm happy to wait. I prefer to speak to one of the guys. My coworker and I are looking at each other. We know what's going to happen next. No problem. Let me put you through. I put this guy on transfer, not breaking eye contact with my colleague. He's looking right back as he reaches out a hand and picks up the receiver. Good morning, how can we help you today? I can't hear the conversation, but there's silence as Kevin talks. My colleague keeps his eyes on me as he listens. Finally, he speaks. Oh, uh, you need to speak to the chemical specialist. Let me put you through. A smile is starting to quirk my lips. As a person who has a lifelong love of science and chemistry, I naturally fell into specializing in what chemical products we sold. Over time, I ended up being the go-to for anything to do with technical queries. My colleague is still looking at me as he transfers the call. We're together in this golden moment. I reach out and I pick up the call and bring the receiver up. Good morning, how can I help you? There's a long, pregnant silence on the line. Finally, Kevin speaks. Uh, hello, I was being put through to your chemical specialist. This is better than that time my bestie made me cookies and forgot to tell me they were augmented. My colleague and I are grinning like fools. Maybe the phone is augmented. That's me. After a silence while Kevin digested this horrifying news, to his credit, he managed to successfully process that I might be able to help him. The discussion went on normally from there, and I was able to sort out his problem immediately. He even said thanks before he hung up. No, thank you, Kevin. You should never assume someone doesn't know something based on their gender or something so stereotypical as that. Believe it or not, things like gender or race have no effect over what a person may or may not know. This was apparently 20 years ago, so, I mean, you want to kind of claim different times, but... 
heck, it wasn't that different. This shouldn't be the kind of thing that's happening. She said she's able to help you. Give her a chance at least. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Pro tip. If you're going to do a fundraiser, you got to let people know it's a fundraiser. Back in high school, I had a summer job working for a local museum's garden project. Since we worked for a museum, we had almost no funding. The head of our project came up with a fantastic idea for funding. We would partner with a local ice cream shop for the day. We would be employees for a few hours and all tips would go to our funding. However, since we would only be there a few hours, we didn't get any training and no one thought to give us a script to explain the fundraiser or even tell anyone a fundraiser was happening. So it was no surprise when a nice old man saw me struggling to make his order and commented, Is it your first day here? No, I laughed. I don't even work here. What? He asked, confused. I explained about the fundraiser and pointed to my hat with the garden's logo on it and explained that all tips we earned over the next two hours would go towards buying manure and seeds for the garden. We're serving sweets so we can buy something stinky. (laughs) I said with a laugh. Everyone in line that heard my explanation laughed, and the mood in the shop instantly changed. Instead of people being annoyed at how slow we all were at getting their ice cream, they started chatting with us about what our actual jobs were, and what we wanted to do after high school. Everyone from the garden started having fun with it. One kid went as far as offering to let a little kid sniff his hands to prove he didn't have any manure on them. By the end of our time, we'd earned almost $200 in tips. We were able to buy our seeds, manure, and and even had some extra money to buy chickens and build them a coop. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing a fundraiser, a lot of the time it's to raise awareness. You have to make people aware of what's going on and that you need money to do it. I'm not surprised that as soon as you brought it to everyone's attention that the mood changed and people got a lot more generous, especially if it's something more small and local like that. People don't mind chipping in a few extra bucks to help out. I refuse to let my fiancé's family stay in my house. My fiancé and I live together near the ocean with many tourist attractions. My family from all over the world regularly visit and stay with us. In return, we stay with them when we visit their cities for various reasons, work or vacation, things like that. Last year, I had to travel to the city where her brother lives, and she decided to come visit him and his family. She asked if we could stay with them, and he declined, because he's still protective of his family due to the world event. I understood at first, and we stayed at a hotel, but later got annoyed, because they had no problem going to dinner and out with us in public. Earlier this year, I had to go back to his city, and again she came along to visit them. He again declined her request to stay at their house, so we stayed at a hotel. I understand some people just don't like having overnight guests. The visit went smoothly, and everyone had a good time. Last week, he called to ask if he and his family could stay at our place when they came here in a couple of weeks for their vacation. 
I got really annoyed at this because he didn't let us stay at his house, but wants to stay at ours. I told my fiance they can stay at a hotel, but she argued that they would need three rooms for seven days due to their family's size. She then pointed out we always let my family stay with us, at which point I countered that's because we're always invited to stay with my family whenever we visit their cities. She argued families do things for each other without expecting anything in return. We went back and forth until bed last night. I'm sitting here having coffee while she's sleeping, and I'm unsure if I'm wrong. On one hand, I know I can be stubborn and petty. On the other hand, he doesn't invite us to stay with him while expecting us to house him and his family. What do you guys think? Am I the jerk? So this is one of those eye for an eye situations, and an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Just because he doesn't let you stay there doesn't mean you not letting him stay with you is okay. You are still kind of being a jerk about it. But that being said, I totally understand where you're coming from, especially if they've got a whole bunch of kids with them. That's going to take up a lot of space and things are going to get pretty rowdy in your house. It sounded like when you were visiting, it was just the two of you. So I would think if they had the room to house that many children, they could find space for a couple more adults. Anyway, long story short, you are being the jerk, but I understand why. Rude girl in my class asks if I'm deaf, not knowing that I actually am. I, 18-year-old female, have moderate hearing loss. I lost hearing over the years with many ear-related incidents. I wear hearing aids to hear people talk sometimes, but I mainly use them at school. When I start a school year, I tell the teacher that I wear hearing aids and they normally put me next to their desk so I can hear them without the use of my hearing aids. In one of my classes, I have a girl, Lily. Lily likes to yell at people to get them to come to her instead of getting up to talk to them. No matter who tells her to stop, she won't. The teacher stopped trying to get her to stop a long time ago. In this class, we have to take notes. Lily missed notes day and the teacher told her to find someone with notes. No one near her wanted to give her the notes, so she chose me. I was on the opposite side of the room and she began yelling at me. She's done this all year and it was annoying. I didn't look at her. I just kept working on other schoolwork. I wasn't going to give her special treatment just because she was lazy. She kept getting louder and more frustrated that I wasn't going to her. She yelled at me for 10 minutes before she stood up and walked over to me. She was very mad at me and kept saying that it was stupid that I didn't go to her and that she shouldn't have to stand up. She very loudly asked, What are you, deaf? The entire class was watching us. I have no idea where the teacher was. I slowly turned to her before taking out the case that has my hearing aids in it and made a show of putting them in. I then very loudly asked her, What? She got very red in the face and then turned around and walked back to her seat. No one in that class knew I wore hearing aids because my hair covers them. My sister said it was mean of me to do that to her because she didn't know, and I wasn't wearing my hearing aids and I could hear her because she was very loud. So am I the jerk? No way, you're not a jerk for something like this. She was being kind of obnoxious about everything, saying things like, why do I have to get up? Well, why should you get up to bring her what she wants? What makes her so entitled? and yelling at people across the room to do stuff for her? No, she needed to be brought down a peg or two. You did nothing wrong here. I told my sister she had to leave after she insulted my daughters. 
I'm a 42-year-old male. My sister is 44 and was staying with me and my daughters who are 18 and 16. She'd taken two weeks off from work to give herself a summer vacation, and she spent one week on a beach and then asked if she could spend the next week with us. I thought it sounded awesome, so I agreed. After about three days, my sister, after dinner, pulls me aside and asks if we can talk privately. In my mind, I'm thinking she's going to tell me something serious, like she's broke or she's unemployed, something like that. We go into the backyard and she says, You really need to get a handle on how fat the girls are. One thing about my sister is she does not sugarcoat. She just calls it exactly how she sees it. I told her she can cool it on calling them fat. She gets irritated and goes off. Tells me they're lazy, they're doing nothing all day except for lying in bed or sitting on the couch. She said she feared that Dana, the 18-year-old, was going to break her chair, which I took as a hyperbole, but my sister goes, If you wake up, you'll notice that Dana's butt has its own zip code. She kept going and told me that my other daughter, Allie, the 16-year-old, might be wider than she is tall. And my sister pointed out that on more than one occasion, she's seen Allie's belly pop out of her shirt. She told me that where I messed up after my wife died 14 years ago was I subconsciously overindulged them with food. She decided to put me on the spot and ask me how much they weigh. I told her that when Dana, who's 5'8", was at the doctor's, she was in the 240s, and this was in May. Allie, who's 5'5", is in the upper 220s, and she saw her doctor in March. My sister again told me to do something about my obese, lazy daughters. I told her to drop it. My sister goes, There's no way Dana doesn't come home next summer after freshman year weighing less than 300 pounds. I told my sister to pack her stuff and find a hotel. She said I was blind to the issues, but did leave. Am I the jerk? Not at all. You don't need that kind of toxicity coming into your home. It's one thing if she's genuinely concerned about the girl's health or something like that, but that's not what this sounds like. This sounds like it's coming from a very vain place. It's not being said with the girl's best interests at heart. At all. At least she had the decency to not say it in front of them, I guess. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.